So I'm Stefan Batifo, I'm a developer relations engineer at Vault, and I drink my coffee with like oat latte in the morning after I grind my beans. And yeah, I have my own coffee, love it. <laughs> Hello and welcome everyone to the MLOps Community Podcast. My name is Dimitri Os and I am your host for today. And I'm not with anybody, but I am with somebody that likes to come on here and be a co-host this time he is my one and only guest and i get to talk to him all about the internal platform that they have created at volt he was an ml platform engineer and since has graduated per se to an internal developer advocate so we get into how he goes and advocates for the platform use and how they allow the teams and the data scientists at Volt to use whatever they want. And that makes his job real interesting because he has to advocate real hard for them to use the platform that he created. I loved hearing about all of the nuts and bolts on the platform and how he actually brings the data scientists onto the platform and creates the internal community of users. And then we get into a little bit of a tangent on the tech scene in Berlin and how fun Berlin can be. So hopefully you enjoy. Let's get into the conversation. And last thing before we go, in case you haven't already, it would mean the world to me if you like, subscribe, review on whatever platform you are listening to this on. And a huge win, absolutely huge win, would be if you could share this with just one friend that you think would find it interesting. So now let's get into the conversation. Let's go because I have to go see Barbie at 8.15 tonight. <laughs> oh, who are you going with? You I'm go going with a friend of mine, actually. All right. So I heard it was actually really good. And Sweet. yeah, I did not expect it. I did not expect it to be that good, but I heard I was listening to a podcast, funny enough, uh, Smart List, about the actually the director. They interviewed the director and they were just praising her on how good she is with scripts and how good she is with making scripts sound natural. Okay. So let's see. Yeah. You're not doing the Oppenheimer on top of it, though? No, tonight it's only Barbie. Only Barbie. So, already, you know, I'm getting older. I already struggle to, to like, stay awake in the cinema. <laughs> oh, that is hilarious, man. So good. That is so good. Well, dude, you're doing all kinds of cool stuff at Volt. Yeah. And you are, you were previously on the platform team, right? That's when we first met. You were killing it on there and having lots of fun giving talks at, like, KubeCon about what you all are doing on the ML platform team. But now you've since joined a different team, which is a team that you made up. You created yeah. your own team, basically. <laughs> Tell yeah. me about how this happened. Yeah, basically creating my own role now at Vault. Um, so, yeah, I've been at Vault for almost three years and was the first machine learning engineer and working on the machine learning platform. You know, it was fun. But after a while, you know, there's like so much YAML you can do <laughs> up until yeah. you go into a burnout or something. Uh, and I was starting to be a bit annoyed at like all the platform work and everything. And also like, yeah, I gave talk at KubeCons. I helped a lot of data scientists, you know, just try to make their life easier. 
So I would probably like, yeah, we should have a DevRel. Like, we should have an internal DevRel at Vault because we create our own machine learning platform. But the way I see it is that, at least my opinion and my view, is that we compete against AWS directly on the ML platform because we don't like force anyone. Yeah, like SageMaker and the whole, like, you know, they all offer. Because we don't force anyone to use our platform. They can still use it. Uh, so, like, you know, yeah, we're not competing against it. So our data scientists have to be, like, aware of what we can do with it. And I'm trying to make their life easy, you know, like, have, like, think of, like, documentation, think of getting started, think of, like, tutorials, you know, like, basically DevRel, but it's just internal. So what does DevRel mean to you? What is that? Very good question. I had to think so hard for it because I had to create the job ad as well. <laughs> oh, I bet. Uh, so, so, so at least for me is it, like there's some kind of community we have at Vault, which is a small data scientist, and it's for already like to take care of that, you know, to 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 like foster it, to really make sure that they're all happy, and we like we can share knowledge as well. That's one idea. The other one is also to make sure that onboarding guides are good, like every documentation is good. If you can, if you have questions or anything. We should have talk about it. And it's also really important about the developer experience. I don't know. I care a lot about things being simple. And I hate gatekeeping. <laughs> so I'm always like trying to explain things in a simple way. Even if like things are supposed to be complex. Um, so yeah, that's really try to, to make sure like, you know, our whole platform is running on Kubernetes, for example. Yeah. And I don't believe that data scientists should have to know about Kubernetes if they they use a platform if they want to they can if they don't want to they shouldn't have to um so yeah it's like it's those things and it's also then talking at conferences a bit but that's the part that people think we always do all the time and i'm like reading no no becoming no. <laughs> an influencer yeah yeah <laughs> gonna take selfies now you know <laughs> like every day at the office yeah exactly making everybody get jealous exactly you don't work at all Exactly. Enjoy Vault's food deliveries. Yeah, but like I go to our, all of our countries, you know, it'd be like, oh yeah, I have to go to Israel for a conference, obviously. <laughs> yeah, and talk to the teams there. And for those yes. who aren't listening, Vault is basically the DoorDash of Europe. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. We go from we go from Norway to Japan now. We're live in twenty five countries. Wow. Actually, now it's Iceland to Japan. I have to to change it so. Well, yeah, even then, more north. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and But it's not only food delivery, right? And that's the other thing. It's like not only delivering restaurant food, it's delivering like groceries. Yeah, like we started as food delivery. And now like we kind of deliver everything depending on the country. Like in Finland, when I was living there, we could deliver Christmas trees for Christmas. Uh, also jewelry. Like I've seen jewelry pieces that are like worth more than 2,000 euros on Vault. But yeah, it's like more than food delivery now. So yeah, groceries, uh, in, uh, I think, all, all the markets. So lots of like estimated time of delivery use cases, lots of real-time use cases, I imagine, that you are having to support with the ML platform. And you're hoping the data scientists can level up on what does the actual platform look like that you're going around and evangelizing? And <laughs> like, why should anybody use it? I guess give us our pitch. First, or it's amazing, pitch. you know, <laughs> no bias. Yep, you sold me. That's all I yeah, needed to hear. 
And uh, no, so, so also, yeah, one of the, the thing we have with MI platform is that it's fully open source. So we use um, open source tools, not because it's free, because just because Vault believes in open source a lot, and it will also contribute to open source. It's not only using it. And then, yeah, the whole stack for now is Flight for like ETL, data transformation, and everything that was created at Lyft back then. Uh, then we have the good old ML flow in the middle. You know, it's still here. It's the part of every tech stack almost. Uh, and then it was true. Call. Yeah, they got it's in early there. and they got stuck in there. That is so true. And but there's, yeah, and there's also one thing. Like, I think those articles stop now, but those ML flow versus cube flow. At one yeah. point, I just can't see them anymore. <laughs> I think people just got sick of both of them. Yeah, so nobody cares. <laughs> Everybody's like, I don't give a fuck about either <laughs> of these. Get them out of my life, please. Yeah, the thing they have in common is flow in the name. And yeah. That's it. Low and lots of hatred on the developer experience side of things. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess the reason it was so popular probably was because how painful it was to use them. I mean, MLflow less so than Kubeflow, yeah. but that's uh, yeah, it's up for discussion, right? Yeah, I guess like Kubeflow for me is like, I always sell myself as the hate club, hate club of Kubeflow. <laughs> like even at conferences, people always ask me like, oh, why didn't you go with Kubeflow? And it's like, have you tried using it? <laughs> it's like... <laughs> And I really like what they did, actually, like the idea, you know, I really like the idea. It's more like the execution, like, if I'm a bit more serious, you know, like, I was the ML platform trying to deploy something, you know, and I tried to use it, and then I was struggling. And what did you struggle with? Like, just to, like, run the DSL, you know, like, compile everything, like, those things, and I was like, okay, like, you have to learn the whole language, and also how it works exactly, and I felt like, it's not that I'm, like, amazingly small, but if I'm the one pushing for it, and I'm struggling. Imagine the data scientists. They'd be like, what is that? Uh, that's like the whole reason the MLOps community grew in 2020 when all these data scientists were trying to figure out Kubeflow. That was it. They came yeah. into the MLOps community <laughs> and they were like, what is going on with Kubeflow? Does anyone know what I can do to make this easier on me? And then people were like, you should learn Kubernetes. And yeah, poor data scientists. <laughs> and they became SREs instead of data scientists. Exactly. But but well, you're you're talking about Kubeflow pipelines, right? Or are you talking yeah. about the whole package? KIFs no, the, well, it was mostly Kubeflow pipeline, and KSF was not a thing back then. It was like they only like separated it. I don't know, like a year yeah. and a half ago or something. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't too long ago. Um, so yeah, back then it was like the whole, but it was mostly pipelines, you know, and I like, tried to run things in parallel, and and I just like I was like really struggling, uh, and then. I think back then we were like evaluating different things, but we really wanted it to run on, on Kubernetes. And then we went with Flight. I won't lie, I like, it's not like it was easy with Flight, you know, like, because back then they were still young as well. Well, they're still a fairly young uh, project. But yeah, like, there were a lot of bugs and stuff, but they've been really helpful. And yeah, if you write Python, then you basically don't have to change your code, you know. So mm-hmm. that was like, that was the main thing. I was like, yeah, that's what I'm hyped about. So it was like Kubernetes, Python, match made in heaven. Let's go with that for our pipelines. Exactly. And, but are you, like, break it down for me because this is the ML platform. Is there a data platform underneath that you're dealing with or you're interfacing with? And how much say did you have in how that gets created? Yeah, so before I joined, there was a whole data platform, which is Airflow. I mean, we have Snowflake as a warehouse. And then we had Airflow for like, you know, like yeah, all those pipelines. And we had a lot of ML ML things actually running on Airflow. 
The only problem is that once you do ML, then you install CUDA and then everything is 10 gigabytes. So, uh, so it worked, it worked quite well. I did, you know, vault that ceases all that or something. Yeah. And those things were running for like two years. So it's also like, it was not optimal, but it was working with Airflow. And if you understand how Airflow works, you know, like how to, like with the DAC definition and everything, yep. you know, then it's not too bad. But just yeah. at one point we were like, yeah, like, let's have something else. And now we have nothing running on Airflow. Uh, at least like nothing? No, ML, no ML workflow. Let me rephrase oh, okay. It. In the ML side <laughs> of things. All right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. ML side is everything is removed. Uh, but yeah, like we go to like Snowflake to Airflow and then, and then we have like some nice dashboards. Other places, you know, like those Luca dashboards, they look amazing. I, I've not, I tried to write Luke ML, wanted to. No, I was like, no, <laughs> didn't work out for you. No, <laughs> but you, I, sorry, I cut you off. You didn't explain everything. So ML flows in the middle, but then what is deployment and what is like yeah, observability? All that. So for our deployment, we use Selden Core, which is also open source. Um, and for those who don't know, it's like basically based on modular artifact, create microservices on Kubernetes, and it supports a lot of libraries and. And it like creates, you know, endpoints you would need to create yourself. Um, it like adds metrics, it supports shadow deployment, A-B testing, you know, like things you would like need at one point, but then if you were to do it yourself, you have to write a lot of code. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want the other platform to have to write the same code all over again or to create something central if I had to avoid it. Because I'm like, it's really lazy. So, you know, like I'm like, if... Anyone has done it for me, then I'm happy. <laughs> but yeah. So that's what we're using. And it's the one that I've been praising the most, actually. It's my favorite tool. I know, like, for other people in the team, sometimes they're like, eh. And I'm not saying it's the one that I like the most because it's, like, it's really my vision of things. Like, you just define a model, the library you use to train your model, and then behind the scene, it creates so many things. So data scientists, if they don't have to think of, you know, the roots, like, the monitoring, the streaming, shadow deployment, those things. They don't have to think about those if they don't want to. And that's what I like. There's the idea of, well, I guess observability is baked into it. Is it, yeah. what is it, Alibab? Or yeah, there's Alibai. Uh, Alibai, that, Alibai, Alibai is yeah. Like... That's a funny <laughs> name. I always get it confused with Alibaba for some reason. But <laughs> yeah, it's the Alibai. Yeah, they have, like, they have those. We don't use those yet, to be honest. Um, I kind of feel like... But you're doing some kind of monitoring or no? Yeah, we do have monitoring, but it's like you have monitoring on performance-wise, uh, but we don't use Alibi, you know, it's just like uh-huh. we compare the ground truth um, with the predictions. We do like everything is pushed to Kafka on our side. And then we have some nice dashboards where we compare everything, uh, but we just don't do it like in real, real time. Yeah. yeah. Because we don't, we're not really needed to see for this. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, break down the real-time... Because if you're doing all of these estimated time of arrival type things, that needs to be real time, right? But like how real, real time exactly. does it need to be? <laughs> yeah, it's always the thing. Uh, uh, so for us, I think it's around five minutes. Well, five oh, minutes late for now. And like we're working on improving it that I can't really go into the details on here because that's the most important part of all, basically. Uh, but we are like around, yeah, around five minutes, which is like fine. Like mo- in most cases, you know, like things don't really change. Like traffic is predictable, except if you have something like an accident. 
but then we used i think we have like data from different partners as well like google maps open street maps you know like we use those as well so it's also like a lot of non-ml things yeah you're getting tipped off about that yeah and confluent is in there somewhere or kafka sorry maybe not Confluent. kafka yeah yeah kafka yeah how is that being used so kafka is well almost everything we get from the app you know like we push everything uh all the app is pushing everything and then we use kafka and then we have the features for some ml models they're coming through kafka directly like those that that's real time for example like, are yeah. you using flink to transform them no not yet at least for oh, now okay. it's like a whole kafka and yeah been been a process yeah <laughs> we're really looking into flink uh actually to like yeah transform that transform that but it's like we're only starting in this there's nothing using it yeah, like we yeah, already started I mean, like deploying Flink as well in the clusters. One thing that I'm I'm fascinated by is your what you originally said on you want the developer experience to be nice for these data scientists because at the end of the day these are the users and yeah. so you're trying to champion and advocate for the data scientists to use this. What is it that you're telling them? Like, what's the selling points when you go to them and you're like, hey, there's this incredible tool that we've created and it's using all of these technologies and they're like i don't really care what technologies it's using what does this mean for me yeah i think usually how i start so it depends on where they are it's going to depend on uh, do they want to train a model or do they want to deploy something they've trained on you know on their laptop or something if they want to train a model usually one of the best setting point i have is that oh yeah you run a truck like train it on 25 countries how are you going to do that are you going to use SageMaker and then you go through a list and then you do them one by one? Are you going to try to make that in parallel by writing some Spark? I don't know. I don't know. Like, what do you have in mind? And then I'm like, yeah, you know what? We had Flight. You had a decorator on your function. You had Dynamic Decorator. And that's it. <laughs> Wait, and like so then, then they can train a model with 25 countries by just saying like... Yeah, you just say like, oh yeah, this workflow is going to be a dynamic workflow, for example. And then you give the list uh, of model where then can be dynamic that you can change, like you read the list. And nice. then you'd be like, please loop through that list, train 25 models because we're 25 countries. One example, we have one model per city. We have a lot of cities. So, <laughs> so they do that, for example. They train over like each city. They don't even know how many they have because they don't have to define anything. Uh, so like one setting point that I, that I have usually, it's like, yeah. Okay, like if you need like some real training and some real model, probably want that. Well, we have that. Like it's out of the box. Same for like resources. You want some GPUs. Uh, you want oh, some yeah. crazy things, you know. Well, we have them. So may you can go on SageMaker and do your thing. Good luck training it. Some but it's like, you know, there's them. no support. Like you're on your yeah. own. <laughs> yeah. Like have fun. Yeah, Talk exactly. From about GPUs. Uh, so Get that's in this. line. Get in line <laughs> on their GB. <laughs> yeah, you're going to wait for a bit, you know, and the, during the daily tomorrow, be like, I waited yesterday. <laughs> but your GPUs, what, you just have GPUs running all the time? Sounds expensive. No, 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 we don't, like, we have some GPUs running all the time, uh, but we have, like, autoscalers, so then, like, when no one is using them, then, you know, they go down and they go back up. We also don't use, like, 800 or something, and, like, we're not doing, like, LLM trainings, you know, for six weeks or something, so... 
not yet. Those data scientists are going to come back and they're going to be like, actually, we need to train one big model instead of these yeah. 25 or <laughs> million models per city, you know? Yeah, the, yeah. Actually, I have a call tomorrow to talk about LLM. So let's see. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh-oh. I was. I mean, that's the obvious next question. Is like, how have the data scientists started asking you about that? Yeah, like it happened. And the good thing is that, well, we don't really need to do anything special except like maybe have some specific resources or like more GPUs or something. But the whole platform can just take it. Like, can just scale things up. The only problem is that sometimes you know we scale things up. And AWS is like, hey, we don't have GPUs available in Europe. You gotta wait. And it's like, okay. But otherwise, for LLMs on our sides, we have a whole like AI gallery internally as well that is like showcasing the capability capabilities of the platform. You know, like we have stable diffusion running internally. We have like some LLMs running internally, and it's just for the sake of oh, look, the ML platform can do those. Okay, it might be a bit of work, obviously. But it's possible, like you don't have, you don't have to worry uh, about the capabilities of the ML platform. So, you know. but it feels like the current use cases that you're using machine learning for are like the exact opposite of what you would want to use LLMs for. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I think it's like if we were to use LLMs and stuff, I still think we could, but for like support. Uh, but not support to our consumers, but more like support, internal support, you know, like when we have uh, our customer support people and then, you know, like to tag, for example, the messages that are coming or, you know, to maybe suggest them things. I think that, I don't know if we would, but that's at least in my opinion, what we could use it for. Because, yeah, for... Yeah, that makes sense. For direct support, I mean, all support is also famous for the quality. Uh, at least good quality or bad me. quality? Good quality. So at least that's what people tell me. You know? so <laughs> and then they come to me, they send me WhatsApp, and they're like, hey, my food is late. And I'm like, cool, <laughs> let me go there and get it for you. <laughs> like, no, that's the, you should have told them, wait five minutes because the ETA probably hasn't updated. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it feels like there's a ton of, I imagine there's probably a lot of product engineers out there at Volt that are trying to figure out like, oh, okay, cool. We could probably incorporate some LLMs into this piece of the business. Yeah. And that it feels like the data scientists are probably thinking about that stuff too. But right now, all you care about is can we support that? And you've already proven that out. So you just got to go and talk to whoever it is in the company to show them that you can do that. Exactly. Like on our side, ML platform wise, we, we were pretty good. Then it just depends on like, yeah, what do we want from a business point of view? And everything because also you know with llms like the big problem there is usually is that the latency mm-hmm. you know you like as a customer like it's cool when i use chat gpt or or cloud or whatever it's cool but then like as a customer i don't really want to wait yeah um and that's the that's the thing so it's like yeah what do we how do we do with that also like what is suddenly the the model starts dreaming you know like it starts dreaming. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. The delivery is in, I don't know, Norway, even though you live in Germany. You're like, yeah, cool. That sounds about right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's also like those things. But yeah, I think for inter- like internally, I think we will. For the rest, uh, let's see. Let's like, I have, yeah, well, let's see tomorrow. I'm going to meet data scientists to talk about it and let's see if they have ideas. I think we will use it. 
but it's also like the thing, you know, where I was like, I don't think it's going to replace like every human being and, you know, it just depends on how you use it. It can be a compliment. <laughs> yeah, completely. So dude, how often are you getting feedback from data scientists or users of the platform? And then you know the platform so well now you go and you just update the platform or you look at trying to update it and yeah, get, it, incorporate their feedback. So we have a lot of feedback because we receive a lot of feedback on Slack uh, as well, or, but they're just like really nice. Like, oh, they'll be like, oh, I'll try to do that. Um, is it possible to do it on the ML platform or maybe like the doc is out, on, you know, outdated? That's also a big problem. We write documentation, we change the whole ML platform that is completely outdated. And you're like, yeah, let's go. Uh, but so yeah, we have, we have that feedback, and then also every two weeks, uh, I meet with data scientist. Uh, so then we can also like showcase other cool things that other people have done. You know, like that's part of the community part, community work. Sorry. So like yeah, like I don't know, they worked and they deployed models, like they train models on like all of the countries. They use GPUs like crazy. Look how cool it is. Um, you can do that as a showcase, and I like to do it like that because then I'm not the one selling it; it's our users selling it. And then they sell it to other users and then they work together. And then I'm basically done for work, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you just sit back, light yeah. up a cigar, yeah, put so your feet on the table. Exactly. <laughs> you say my work here is done. <laughs> no, obviously not. But that's like some kind of idea was also like we try um, to not always be present on Slack. Um, and we try like our, our other users to like... We leave them the time to like reply to other users as well as because otherwise people become ML platform dependent. Yeah. Uh, and I don't really want that. Uh, yeah. And but... you just become more of a support channel. Exactly. And then you become the bottleneck, you know, to be yeah. like, oh yeah, we were waiting on the ML platform because of blah, blah, blah. So it's also like something, it's really hard to balance actually, you know, the, like, yeah, how much support do you offer and before you become a support team. Um, so, so it's a thing, but we try, we try, you know. Well, so another thing for people who do not know, Volt was bought by DoorDash, right? And we've had Hayne on the podcast, the head of the ML platform for DoorDash. I also got to hang out with him last time I was in San Francisco. Damn. We had a blast. He was, <laughs> it was so much fun, man. It, that guy just cracks me up. He was making me laugh. Best story ever is we went to the... What was it? We went to the Mother Duck, so the like DuckDB, the paid version of DuckDB. They had a launch party when we were there, and we went to their launch party, and they gave us shirts when we were walking in. And so they asked, "What's you know, what's your size?" And you filled out your shirt size, and so they asked Hane, and he was like medium. Then they asked me, and I was like large. Hane looked at me, he was just like <laughs> large. What are you talking about? You're going to wear it as a nice shirt? <laughs> it's just like, dude, that was kind of a diss. I <laughs> think um, that's funny, but I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I crack up every time I put that shirt on and I wear it not to sleep in. I think about him and like, <laughs> now I got to go hit the gym and just fill into that shirt. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's, that can be a goal of yours, you know, to be like, oh my God, I really want to fill it in. <laughs> That's it. So I can prove Hane wrong. But it's not a night shirt. It is a day shirt, Hane. Yes, so anyway, the reason I brought him up was because when he came on the pod and DoorDash is 
DoorDash's ethos is incredible on how their platform is doing some amazing stuff. And I think they probably, I know that you two talk quite a bit. Yeah. And one of the things that they mentioned that they do a lot is the user surveys. So I'm wondering if you're doing any of those and if so, how are you collecting feedback from users and what are you doing to get that? Yeah, it's one of the things that I have to work on actually as part of the new rule uh, because we never had those um, before. And yeah, it's like we really want to collect surveys and, and make sure that people are happy. And then it's probably going to be divided in like different sections. But then the problem with that is that people have to reply to it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, you always create it and you're so proud and then you have three replies. <laughs> Trust me, dude, I know. But I think at the end of the day, if you can basically create the culture of it, the more that you do it, the more often it becomes a normal thing and people get used to doing it. And then if you see that there are quick wins where, okay, I just filled out this survey and I said X, Y, Z, and then I see that the platform team listened to me and they incorporated that feedback yeah. and now I don't have that problem. It's like, hell yeah, I'm going to fill out the next survey because I'm going to tell them more stuff that's happening to me, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's like I like that idea of having like those quick wins to like gain the trust of people. It's usually, it's how I started at Volt. I was like, I need a quick win so that it will be send and call and making the deployment easier. Uh, but then, like for our users, one thing that I like to do is that sometimes they give us feedback uh, on the platform, and I'm like, oh, why don't you create the PR? Like we can even do it together uh, if you want. And then they're really happy because they contribute to the platform directly. You know, and then they don't see us as those like I don't know like platform gods or something and then they're like they feel like and then they're like oh I'm gonna use a platform for sure I created one PR and I'm like yes let's go <laughs> that is it now they're part of the team it's like this is your platform too exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh by the way your support safety is tomorrow yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I expect you to be answering <laughs> questions in Slack from 9 till 4 and Make sure we have an ETA or what is it? Or SLA is our... Yeah, it's like the SLO and SLA, you know, like, gonna reply to this. <laughs> That's classic. But I, I also love the story and I wanted to bring it up because for me, it was just so clear how cool evangelizing and getting out there and giving talks actually provides value to your company and how cool it is yeah. to do that. So you mentioned to me, I think last time I was in Berlin for the meetup, that the last like three or four people that you hired on the platform team all came inbound because they saw one of your talks, whether it was at the MLOps community meetups or it was at a KubeCon or it was online somewhere. It was all inbound because of that. And they saw how cool the platform was and they thought, well, no, I want to work with that guy and I want to work on those problems. Yeah, exactly. It happened with like, yeah, exactly. Like I think the three, last three or four people were hired. I mean, we also went from a team of three to seven. Nice. So it's actually everyone who hired. <laughs> uh, but it's, yeah, they've all been like, oh yeah, it was cool to like, to see those videos or like the talk you, you also shared and also the blog post actually. Like people, like I also wrote a blog post and people so it and they like the tone of the blog post as well because it's it, I I mean I tried to also make it like humbling and not be like look at how fucking cool I am <laughs> so it's also like yeah try to share those and it helped to either attract people 
or convinced him basically mm. because they were like yeah actually like the way you describe the platform and you know the the idea you have to make life of data centers better and easier is usually something that they all care about so yeah, yeah. It's like i think one one member of the team he contacted me after my first kubecon talk and then i was like oh sorry we're not hiring and then a year later we hired like we opened positions and then he applied a year later because he was like yeah i was still keen so i was like yeah not this and Dude, that's yeah. some strong inbound that yeah that's really like, cool <laughs> so yeah it helps it's been really helpful actually to give those talks and meetups as well and like also when we host meetups you know like it's one thing when we host the mlops community meetups which happens from time to time is like you know people come to the office and they're like wow it's like such an incredible office that yeah it helps but that is also like just talking to the engineers you know because you can have a nice office and everything and boring work <laughs> yeah. yeah for those who don't know too i will preface this with the office that volt has in berlin is on the river and i guess you just bought the whole office from WeWork. it used to be a WeWork, yeah and then you converted it all from WeWork into volt's office exactly yeah exactly and it is right across the river from kind of famous nightclub night well i mean night club is a funny word to say in berlin because it's not only a night yes. that the clubs are going on <laughs> weekend clubs yeah a weekend club it was i had the experience and i swear to god this was when i was like 19 and i was going to berlin for my first time i went to that club i do you know what's it called it's something river or something what is the club well, called? Many, there's opetoxo which is the boat no then there's chapter vision now nope uh watergate that's it watergate, watergate it had yes. something to do with water river whatever <laughs> yeah watergate <laughs> so i went there and it was getting late it was getting really late and the sun was starting to come up over the water and this was the first time that i ever had the experience that as i was then walking out and this was on a sunday morning at probably like eight or nine in the morning I saw people that looked super fresh and like <laughs> they had just woken up and they were going to the club as like their morning ritual or routine. <laughs> Some people go to brunch. These people, they go to the club on a Sunday morning. And so I thought that was fascinating. They just wanted to dance to techno at yeah, 9 exactly. in the morning on a Sunday. It, it is. Actually, it's quite fun sometimes to do it on a Sunday to do like a day, day party. It's a very different vibe to the night. Yeah. Very different crowd as well. But it can just be fun, you know, like. You go there on the Sunday morning and you leave, I don't know, like 5 p.m., 6 p.m. Uh, it's quite quite nice, you know, like the next Only day you Berlin. feel good. Yeah. Whereas, like, if you party the whole night, sometimes the next day, even the day after, you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> now, these days, definitely, I'm out for a week. <laughs> Those days, it was a different story. And so that Watergate, I remember when I was at the MLOps community meetup in, in the Volt office, and I saw that building and I'm like, I'm pretty sure that is the building that I went to. And when we passed it after that, after the meetup, I went and I cruised around and I checked and it totally was. And so <laughs> lots of fun memories. Anyway, that was a complete tangent from the platform that Volt has. One thing that I, I wanted to dive into too is speaking of Berlin and speaking of the culture that they have there, I think it's fascinating to get your opinion on the tech hub that Berlin is becoming yeah. and what you've seen just in the 
I guess you've been there for what, three, almost three years now? Oh, in Berlin? No, I've been here for a bit more than one year. I was in Finland before. Uh, I was in Finland okay, okay. before. So in the over one year, what made you go to Berlin? What was, what do you think about this tech scene? It feels like there's meetups happening all the time there now, and there's all kinds of cool tech companies. What's your take on it? Yeah. So, so yeah, for, for the context, I was working for Vault before in Finland and I left Finland because I was missing the tech hub part actually of, of, of city before that I was living in Paris. Um, and I was missing that part. So then we have an office in Berlin and I was like, okay, let me move to Berlin to go back to the tech hub. Uh, and then I joined, uh, moved to Berlin in April, 2022, right after COVID restrictions and, uh, everything ended in Berlin, everything was time to us. <laughs> Perfect timing too. Uh, yeah. and then it was like, okay, like the city used to be a big tech hub. It's still a big tech hub, but it used to be like a lot of meetups, a lot of things happening. And I kind of felt like, you know, after COVID, like. A lot of meetups died. People moved on. People moved out of Berlin as well. When I was like, you know, I was like, and I was like, okay, I want to, I want to create those meetups again. I want to, I want to do meetups in the city because that's, I learned a lot from meetups when I was younger. You know, when I was a student, I would go to meet up in Paris. And I learned a lot from there. So I was like, yes, oh, I want to do those again. And then we started talking to organize the MLS community one in Berlin. We were like, we were, I don't know if we were the first ones to do all those meetups again, but we were like among the first One ones to first. really kick the scene again. Yeah. And now there are like meetups, there are like three meetups per week. And I can, I can really feel like Berlin coming back on that side. Mm-hmm. Also, I feel like that's just my opinion, but everything is focused on San Francisco at the moment. I mean, yeah. the US and San Francisco in particular. And I feel like for Berlin, it's, it can be a quick win, you know, to be like, if you have a company, all companies that are investing probably still in San Francisco, but still investing a bit in Berlin, you can win so much for like, for spending, I don't know, like a tenth of it, you know. People are sleeping on Berlin, man. That is very true. They don't realize as far as tech hubs go, I fully agree. I do worry though, and I hope this doesn't happen, is that too many tech people come to berlin and then yeah. the, the sunday morning party at 9 a.m vibes yeah yeah it's already happening i mean i'm also part of the problem on that one you know i moved <laughs> to berlin as a tech person you know start I'm wearing like, patagonia jacket yeah. <laughs> all of you know like the oldest they said has the jackets uh and they're like uh patagonia jackets and i'm like no i can't wear that it's like yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work in berlin you can't do that yeah yeah you definitely cannot do that Unless you DJ on the side, you can't move to Berlin as a techie. I think it's a bad idea. So, dude, before you go to Barbie, one thing that I wanted to ask about was uh, Kubernetes was like a a strong, it was a deal breaker for you. You had to be using that. Yes. And it feels like you're very much bought into the Kubernetes lifestyle and workflows and ethos and all of that good stuff. What are some hard parts about creating a platform on Kubernetes for specifically for machine learning that people should be aware of? Yeah, I think the first one is is all about like, you know, like if you don't want people to learn about Kubernetes, like what is a pod, what is a deployment, what is a kind, you know, what is blah, 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 blah. It's actually quite hard to abstract everything away. You yeah. know, like you have to make sure all the logs are available. You have to make sure like, okay, 
I don't want data scientists to have to add some labels so they can get GPUs, you know, like those things. There's so many annotations, like Kubernetes is a lot of annotation-based <laughs> things. And I'm like, you know, I ask our infra team and they're like, yeah, you just, just get annotation. I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to say that to my data scientist. So how do I do that? It's like, that's the first thing. Um, then also like, how are you going to share resources? Because usually they are, you know, per namespace. With flight, it's, they do it per project and per domain. So they are like abstracts a lot of things away. But yeah, like how are you going to allocate resources as well to your users? Like, are they going to compete for GPUs? Are they going to compete for memory or whatever? Mm. And then the last one is data. You know, that what's good is like when you use SageMaker, you can just like dump everything. But like with, with Kubernetes, it's a bit more tricky because yeah, where do you put the data? It's like, that's one thing yeah. you usually have to think about. We use Snowflake heavily, so we just read from Snowflake, put everything back in Snowflake, and we're like, yeah, we don't think about that. We don't care. You don't do anything on Kubernetes, because actually that's funny that you mentioned that. One of the other communities I started back in 2020 was the data on Kubernetes community, and it was all about, hey, can we do stateful workloads on Kubernetes? Yeah. Is it possible to do that now? And so... You just circumvented that whole thing and you said, we're not going to worry yeah, about it. Like, we're not going to try and figure that out. I was like, yeah, it's, it's one of the things that, uh, yeah, I remember it's Bart that is running it now, right? Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I remember like seeing talks about it and everything. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But just if I can just not avoid it, you know, I'm happy. So you figured out a way to make sure that you wouldn't have to go through that headache no matter what. Huh? Exactly. It's kind of the kind of thing for now. It's like, yeah, we don't like, we don't have that uh, on our clusters. And then for the rest, yeah, those are the main things. You know, it's also like, yeah, how do you, we have different clusters, you know, depending on the environment and everything. So it's really like how to make it easy for a data scientist. And I don't know if you, if you know, there's a specific tool, which is called K9S which is my Lord and Savior. I always praise it. Yeah. What is this it's, tool? It's called K9S, and it's a tool that runs in your terminal, but it makes Kubernetes very visual. You don't have to remember, like, those very hard commands. I use it every day. Every time I, like, I introduce it to a data scientist, they fall in love with it. And they're like, oh, my God, I don't need to remember those commands. And it's like, yeah, it's it's an amazing tool. Uh, so, it's like, and well, it makes it visual just by like the YAML file that you're writing. No, it's more like you can see the cluster and then, you know, like if I you want remember. to have pods, then you just see the names and then the, like on your keyboard, you can use the arrows to like, you know, like browse the resources. Uh, you can check logs by just pressing enter. And then like, you know, it's like you have to learn like a couple of like shortcuts on, you know, on your keyboard. Uh, but once you do, it's, it's like, I swear, like they, they, Every data scientist, once I introduce it to them, they never go back to the terminal. Yeah, that sounds incredible. And how much are you interacting with the SREs to make sure like the platform has the right uptime or it just doesn't go down? And are you getting pinged or are the, are the SREs? No. Like, do you have to go on call? So it depends on, so for training, for now, like we don't have, I mean, everything like we still have models deployed, so you know, like if the training fails, then it's fine for like at least a couple of days. Mm. But then for models that are deployed, uh, we do have on call, but it's not ML platform specific, nor data scientist, because you know my opinion is that yeah, it's a machine learning behavior. 
like one machine learning model, sorry, running, but it's just a piece of software, you know, and then once it's deployed, it's just a piece of software. So you should just treat it as a, as a piece of software. So it's just our normal uncle rotation uh, that is like checking it, not checking like, yeah, well, it's a sandbox deployment instead of being a deployment, but everything is the same, you know, like they just check like you know, what's up with the deployment, is everything fine, is it maybe because of Kafka, is it maybe because of the database? It's usually those things, you know. But as far as the ML platform itself? We have SLOs and SLIs for the ML platform, um, like making sure that, you know, the ML platform is always available. Uh, it's like, oh, I think it's like 99.95% we have for the for the year. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, otherwise we don't have on-call for the ML platform directly, at least not for now. And how much are you interfacing with the SREs? Are they coming in there and helping you with that? Or is it something that the platform team needs to take full ownership of? So we do it, I'd say the other way around. We have, I used to be a member of the SRE squad as part of the machine learning platform. And then we basically have an SRE squad where like, you know, we have the data ops team. Then they send someone to their SRE squad. Then they're like, you know, defend their data ops platform and everything and be like, okay, for data ops, those are SLIs and SLOs. It was the same for me for the ML platform. Now I switch roles to someone else is doing it. And that's the way we do it. We don't really have an S, we don't have an SRE team. Uh-huh. Uh, we have a squad and then people are coming from different teams. They assemble together. They're like really happy. Fusion. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it's more like, okay. Uh, and then, yeah, that's that's the way we do it. Dude, this is awesome. <laughs> I am going to let you get to your Barbie showing. And yes. I appreciate you coming on here, <laughs> chatting with me. It's always a pleasure, and I look forward to seeing you again in Berlin. Yes, definitely. See you, and thank you. Thank you.